Guess who's back? Back again. That's right. It is the 2021 version of the Kingsman Corner podcast. It is me, your host, Jacob Norlock. I am excited to be back. I am the returning Fantasy Gods West champion. Got the jacket to prove it. And I'm excited to bring back such a livacious podcast to bring us all into the fold on what's happening within the Fantasy Gods West. Let's bring it. Welcome to the 2021 Fantasy Gods West season. Well, we have finally made it. The 2021 Fantasy Gods West season is here. This is a day that all of us look forward to. All the degenerates across the world look forward to being able to see NFL football back in live action, not just some podunk toss around with your friends in the backyard, preseason football, but players actually playing, teams actually competing, and for the first time being able to say, hey, this is the road to my 2021 fantasy championship. It's a long road and a road that has many bends, winds, and turns to it. It's all about navigating that, and that's where we'll take you through the Fantasy Gods West podcast as much as we possibly can this year to navigate those roads and be able to show what's happening across the league, some of the highlights, um, and uh, and dive deep into each team, each matchup as we see fit. Before we get started, we do want to thank our sponsors um, and thank them for the the sponsorship of this podcast and uh, and this episode here. So we'll get a nice little spot from our uh, sponsors over at Verizon. At Verizon, we're building the most powerful 5G experience for America. That's why the NFL chose Verizon. Because they need the massive capacity of 5G with ultra-wideband, so more streaming, streaming, posting fans can experience 5G all at once. This is happening in 13 stadiums all across the country. Now Verizon 5G can do this for the NFL. Imagine what it can do for you. And thank you to Verizon for their sponsorship of this podcast. Now, as we dive in, Today is a big day. Like I said, the season starts at Raymond James Stadium tonight with a kickoff. Um, really excited to be able to just see what's going to happen. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play host to the Dallas Cowboys. That is the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, very interesting and something that has only happened once in the modern era is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are returning all 22 starters from the Super Bowl. Uh, This is something that rarely happens, as all of us know. When teams go off and are successful and when those players get highly noticed, often get traded and or uh, get big value contracts. Because of the draw of players like Tom Brady, because of the uh, winning-esque environment that he brings, we've seen something that hasn't really happened is uh, since the 1977 Raiders, who actually returned all 22 starters and went on to uh, not repeat as champions, but they did make it to the AFC Championship game. And uh, interestingly enough, the uh, 1979 Steelers are a team that returned all week one starters from the previous season. 
So not necessarily from their Super Bowl, but from the week one. And they returned as champions that following year as well. What's in store for the Bucks? I would say that everyone would probably bet this is a championship caliber team that we will definitely see in the playoffs. Um, and most of the time we would say would have a, a decent shot at winning a Super Bowl. We wanted to connect with a, a player over on the Bucks just to get a sense for uh, the team, the environment. So we had a chance to catch up with Ndamukong Sue and ask him a little bit about his experience exploring offseason options this year and ultimately how he came to the decision that Tampa Bay was the right place for him for the 2021 season. Yeah, for sure. Definitely wanted to come back in Tampa was the first choice. Uh, I did look at some other teams. Uh, I, I'm not going to really divulge what those teams were, um, but some teams that had obviously a chance to win. Uh, they were recently in the playoffs. Uh, and, and so for me, Tampa was always the ultimate goal to come back there. I'm super comfortable in that city. Uh, great, great relations with the staff. Uh, and like I said before, and I've said many times, I love playing Coach Ball's defense. So Ndamukong, uh, looking forward to coming back and, and really trying to repeat as champion. We'll see how that goes for the Bucks kicking off tonight. So where we want to move now is to actually move into an opportunity to discuss each of the teams uh, within Fantasy Gods West, actually do a little stack rank, see where teams stack up based off of our users and the poll that we put forth uh, to all the listeners, uh, all those that tune in, all of those that comment and column on uh, on the Fantasy Gods West podcast. Had an opportunity to review that with some of those individuals and put together some of the rankings. Um, and so what we'll do is we'll go through kind of from uh, from bottom to top, ultimately get to a place where we're going to put out, hey, here's who uh, here's who we think is based off of all the users and all those that listen uh, on a regular basis to this podcast, have the opportunity to say this is our, our best shot at a champion and the team that we think will be donning the jacket for the 2021 Fantasy Gods West season. So let's go ahead and, uh, and we'll get started with what we think will be the 10th place, last place team. And that's going to be none other than, unfortunately, those at Bon Jovi. Now, Bon Jovi was hit hard, hard by injury, seeing an uh, end of the season to Cam Akers. Cam was looking to come back into a, a really nice spot there with a quarterback that I think is going to facilitate a great offense. Um, it's going to be a, a very high-powered offense, um, and I think that under the direction of now Matthew Stafford as a Paris to Jared Goff, had a great opportunity. With his season-ending injury and whatever's going on with Michael Thomas in New Orleans, which no one knows, as he continues to have this habitual wait until the season almost starts, and then I actually have to have surgery on my ankle or and or something else, um, you have to believe that something is going on there. And it just seems like the guy does not want to play football. And you don't have a better explanation than that, where he has plenty of time to actually make all of the appropriate adjustments and changes, yet somehow decides not to. Very difficult to understand what's happening with him in New Orleans. As we break down, break down Blake's team, we can see that he's definitely headlined by the 2020 NFL MVP in Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers was not short on drama this year. There was this entire, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Is he going to play for Green Bay? He very adamantly said there is no way that he is playing for the Green Bay Packers 
in 2021. In fact, he went to go be a Jeopardy celebrity host star. Um, he was vacationing in Hawaii with Miles Teller. Who knows what was going on in this guy's head, but it was clear that playing for the Green Bay Packers was not on the forefront of it. Now, fast forward and a few days before everything actually has to start, and he, he posts a picture with Devontae Adams with a Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen-esque view of the last dance. And that's pretty much what we're going to see here is that this is the last hurrah in Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers and most likely Devontae Adams. There's whispers of Devontae Adams heading to Las Vegas next season, but he's also going to utilize this year as an opportunity to sign a max deal, wherever that might be. As you look at the rest of the team, obviously you're going to headline with DeAndre Hopkins. What's happening out in the desert out there with him and Kyler Murray, something special, and certainly is going to be probably the biggest leader on this program. The, the difficulty is that we see a huge fall off when it comes to wide receiver. Allen Robinson, spotty at best. Um, and then you've got Marquez Callaway, who is supposedly supposed to step in in the absence of someone like uh, Michael Thomas. But we just know with Jameis Winston under, under center, he's probably going to throw more to the other team than his own teammates. So where does that leave Bon Jovi? Well, in a rock and a hard place. He's going to have to rely on rookie Najee Harris to come off and figure, off this, figure out this NFL game that's fast-paced with bigger guys, faster guys, and more scheme defenses than anything he faced at Alabama. He's also going to have to rely on someone like Antonio Gibson to come in and deliver at a high volume in order to be a competitive program and not finish dead last. It, it's going to be a tough week one uh, for, for the, the Bon Jovi squad as they face arguably one of the better teams in the league. Um, I'm thinking that we're probably going to see a pretty significant blowout here. If any of you guys caught the IMG versus Bishop Sycamore match, the high school game, IMG, perennial powerhouse, arguably one of the best teams in the nation, Bishop Sycamore, uh, fake fraudulent school that tried to suit up and play on ESPN against these guys and ultimately were handed an 80 to nothing loss. I think we're going to see something pretty similar like that for game one. Unfortunately, Bon Jovi is 10th in our rankings. As we move up next, we've got Mizrachi. Mizrachi coming in uh, after Blake here. The challenge here with this program is really just a weak quarterback set. Probably the weakest quarterback duo in the entire league between Tua Tagovailoa and Sam Darnold. Now, Sam Darnold is on a new team. I actually am firmly a believer that a quarterback is actually successful or not depending upon the system that they play in. Let's take Ryan Tannehill, for example. This guy was washed up. There was no way that he was actually going to play again, uh, looking to, to kind of cash out. And then he gets traded to Tennessee, gets into an environment where he is not the sole producer, that he doesn't have to control and dictate everything, but he's got a guy like Derrick Henry that can actually control the flow of the game and allows him to be an, a very successful and fantasy-relevant quarterback because of the scheme and the system that he plays in. I think we're seeing the same thing with Sam D. He's going to get into a new environment that's not Adam Gase controlled. And uh, he starts week one versus his old team, the New York Jets. you got to love a little bit of the serendipity part of that. Um, I love irony in all sorts of ways. And you're definitely going to see that. Nevertheless, it's still Sam Darnold who has shown how much he has struggled uh, across being an NFL quarterback. Now, all that being said... I actually believe that Mizrachi has the best wide receiver group 
in the entire league. Headlined by DK Metcalf and Stephon Diggs, but he also has A.J. Brown. In fact, if you look at it, these three wide receivers all ranked within the top 13 of 2020 fantasy wide receivers. No other team had more than two. The These three guys all averaged over 70 catches and 1,000 yards. I think that you will see repeats from all of them, if not more. The addition to Julio in Tennessee gives AJ a great opportunity to not be the number one guy that everyone is always tagging off of, but they have to keep Julio in mind, which could really uh, explode him for a huge season, as we have seen happen down in Atlanta with Julio and Calvin Ridley. Mizrachi comes in into our rankings just ahead of Blake and Bon Jovi towards the bottom. As we move forward, uh, we're going to take a look at the next team up here, which is the Dictator. Now, Chad's team has struggled a little bit because of the injury bug, no doubt about it. Uh, but the challenge here is just where do we go? Where do, where do we find success with this program? Uh, certainly, you want to start with the young and, and uh, very talented quarterback group. The quarterback potential is actually there to be one of the best quarterback duos in the league. They're not there right now, but there is the potential. If Lamar can return to a 2019 Lamar, um, and if Joe Burrow now coming into his second year into the league, feeling a bit more comfortable about everything that he sees, we have an opportunity for him to be uh, a bit more dynamic um, and, and ultimately control that offense. Where are the pitfalls? Well, I think you have to look at someone like Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, certainly. Played with Joe Burrow in LSU, highly recruited prospect. Um, but Jamar Chase has been dropping all kinds of balls in the preseason. Um, in fact, it's been recognizable so much so that he was asked uh, by uh, a Yahoo Sports reporter. And this is what Chase had to say uh, in, in, in a way to somehow give an excuse for the amount of drops that he's had in this preseason. The ball is different because it's bigger. It doesn't have the white stripes on the side, so you can't see the ball coming from the tip point. That way you you have to actually look for the strings on the ball on the top, which is hard to see because the whole ball is brown. Hmm. Because the whole ball is brown. Wow. 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 That's um that's not exactly what you want to see. From your number two wide receiver. Certainly Justin Jefferson is going to have a huge year. He always does. He's a pretty electric guy. Uh, we've got three LSU alums on the starting roster here. Clearly a theme, Chad. Uh, but there's there's some gaping holes with Jamar Chase as the wide receiver number two. The talent is there. Uh, the execution is probably our biggest question mark at this point in time. And that's really why we see Chad coming in um, uh, towards the bottom here when normally I would say this team has the capabilities of being a, a Fantasy Gods West contender. Next up in the rankings is going to be the Mile High Kings coming off of a second-place finish in their 2021 campaign. Um, definitely going to be led by the likes of Josh Allen. Josh Allen, I think, is a realistic competitor for being the number one overall QB this year. Um, obviously has a great talent in Stephon Diggs. They're, they're working on something very special up in Buffalo. Um, biggest question mark is if they can get their run game to be on par 
so that a little bit of that stress comes off of Josh Allen and ultimately helps him achieve some of those bigger goals that they're working towards. I think the bigger question on this roster, when you look at this program, is who is QB2? Right now, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. I think we'd all agree that Jimmy Garoppolo is on a lifeline. He's got less than three starts before there's actually quarterback change there, and we see Trey Lance take over. So now we've got Jimmy G as a maybe. And then on the opposite side of that, we've got Zach Wilson, who's starting in New York. He's a a highly touted prospect out of BYU. But we know that when quarterbacks start in New York, it doesn't work out well. Going back to Mark Sanchez, Geno Smith, uh, you've got Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh McCown, Sammy D. All of these quarterbacks have shown an immense amount of struggle even just starting for the New York Jets. So where does that leave us? Well, we've got a a tough roster that's going to help us be a successful team this year, um, especially when you move down into the wide receiver core group. Tyler Lockett and Deontay Johnson, I think, are both the same type. Big plays. Opportunities for really huge games. But where does that leave us on a consistency level? This game is so much about consistency and making sure that you can – week in and week out, not have any drop-offs. I think that you're going to see some huge weeks out of these crew when they're all on the same page. But you could also see some pretty low efforts as well. Where I do think Mike lucked out was with the Travis Entian injury. That has provided a resurgence of James Robinson, who was arguably one of the best pickups last year by the good guys. It gives him a starting role capability and an opportunity to continue off of a great campaign previously. Certainly, there was probably some emotional feelings when they brought in Entian and certainly slotted him right above him uh, starting the season. Um, I think that anyone would have a natural reaction to that. So as far as the uh, vibe in, in Jacksonville, it's hard to quite understand where that is. But nevertheless, if James Robinson's the go-to guy, you're going to see good production, regular, day in, day out. And of course, you've got Kamara, who will always be one of the 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 best running backs and will be a top five guy. Couple that with George Kittle. You've got a team here that has the potential to do some good things. I'm going to put them into a very similar similar category as our next team up, the team that we want to highlight here. And uh, we'll just get a little clip, see if you guys can recognize who this next team up is. That's right. Your next up is the hit parade headlined by the 2019, the 2020 rushing champion and the king of the stiff arm. That's going to be the one and the only Derrick Henry. Um, I really do believe Derrick Henry is going to repeat as a rushing champion. There's realistically three guys I think that can even compete for it. You've got um, Dalvin Cook. You've got Nick Chubb, maybe Jonathan Taylor. Outside of those guys, I don't think anyone has enough firepower to be the actual rushing champion. Uh, given what t- the Tennessee Titans do in their offensive scheme, how they prepare, and what their uh, m- their mojo is, you're really going to see Derrick Henry as a, a not only a back-to-back, but a three-peat rushing champion. As we look at the rest of the hit parade, um, some, some interesting notes to make mention here. He's got Russell Gage, who is now the new number two wide receiver over in Atlanta. Now, obviously, we have a guy like Russell Gage, who was a wide receiver three when we had Julio and Calvin, and Calvin really, really uh, 
was, had the ability to ascend to a high level because so much of the focus was on Julio Jones. Julio Jones is now gone, although still on the, the hit parade roster. But now we have this interesting dynamic where Russell Gage steps into a number two position. Russell Gage had 70 catches for uh, out of 109 attempts last year for 786 yards and four touchdowns. Unfortunately, I think the touchdowns are going to be limited because when they get into the red zone, they're going to look for Kyle Pitts. We'll get into Kyle Pitts a little bit later and the freak of nature that that guy is. But what we're going to see is an increase in production from Russell Gage because of the new number one being Calvin Ridley. I also think we'll see an increase from Calvin Ridley's standpoint, but you're still looking at a 100-target season, and I think a great opportunity for Russell Gage to cross over that 1,000-yard mark. Where does that leave us with someone like Julio Jones? Um, Julio Jones has now moved into an offense that is a run-heavy threat with a big, powerful wide receiver, not named Julio Jones, but A.J. Brown. So where does Julio fit into that? Well, they may have the, the most powerful wide receivers in the game now. Does that mean that now Ryan Tannehill becomes more of an offensive threat than he has in the past? Certainly could be. You've got two guys that are studs on the ends, and then you've got a guy in the middle that can run over anyone, through anyone, and put anyone into the dirt. So we could see a very interesting output, which is why I've got someone like the hit parade teetering on that playoff line and ultimately uh, a decent shot at going off and competing for a championship here. Um, not only does he have all of those pieces to the puzzle, but he also has the number one tight end in all of football. Travis Kelsey, which we were uh, recently educated that that is not how you pronounce his last name and that everyone in all of the media and even his teammates like Patrick Mahomes have been pronouncing it wrong. It is actually Travis Kelsey. Um, just doesn't sound the same. So we're going to go ahead and keep calling him Kelsey because that's how we like to say it. I actually think the bigger issue here is Austin Eckler. Now, if you saw Austin Eckler's tweets, he actually tweeted out that if you drafted him, start him, play him, and win, make sure you take a picture of your team and tweet at him because you could win a signed Austin Eckler jersey. I know that's just what you're looking for in your uh, uh, closet there, Ryan. But nevertheless, could be an option. The challenge is that Austin Eckler is now questionable with the hamstring injury before the first game. He obviously had injury uh, injuries last year that hampered his 2020 campaign, and we haven't even started the season, and we're already seeing injuries pop back up for this guy. Well, I don't know where to take it from there. That's a challenging one, and we'll have to decide what uh, what's best for his course of action. Um, the backup for throwing in that flex position is a little bit questionable. You're going to have either this Rojo, Leonard Fournette, Juju Smith-Schuster combination, um, or a boom and bust guys like Mike Williams or Henry Ruggs. So we'll see what Ryan ends up doing there. I think Austin Eckler is more of a question mark than a solid lock right now. But if he is clicking on all levels with Justin Herbert, there's an incredible opportunity there in Los Angeles. Also, I'll throw out a poll, and I'll give anyone who listens to this podcast a shout-out if you without looking at the internet, can tell me where Austin Eckler went to college, where he played football. Uh, tweet at me, shoot me a text, let me know. All right, let's move on to the next team up here in our rankings, and we'll do a nice little warm intro welcome for this team. You really set the this opportunity to win as many championships as possible. That was a little spot. 
and a highlight from Lakers lover 24. And that is the goal there from the words of Kobe himself to win as many championships as possible, or in this case to win a championship at all. And that's where we're at. Can the Lakers lovers actually figure things out? This is the best program that I have seen from this team. Uh, the best roster that we've been able to put together. The quarterbacks are young and hungry. Certainly Trevor Lawrence is going to experience some of those growing pains. Uh, but you've got Justin Herbert, who I think has a legitimate shot at being the NFL MVP this year. With the way that they throw the ball around, um, there's going to be a lot of eyes on that guy. You've got Devontae Adams, who you know is going to be a top wide receiver. And Odell Beckham, who has the potential, just if they can get it done in Cleveland. The interesting one for me, and I think where the biggest question mark comes in, is a guy that was previously a lock, a guy that was traded for two first-round picks, a guy who plays tonight, Ezekiel Elliott. Why do I have a question mark on Ezekiel Elliott? Zeke was 11th as far as total rushing yards in 2020 comparative to everyone else. In fact, when you look at Ezekiel, compared to everyone else for the 2020 campaign, he had zero 40-plus 40 40 plus rushing runs. He actually had the fewest 20-plus rushing runs uh, out of anyone else in the top 15, and he had the fewest amount of touchdowns, which was six, lower than any other running back in the top 15, um, where, where that gives you a lot of questions about this individual and where he's at from a headspace. He signed an incredibly large contract, and we don't know if that maybe gave him a lot of cushion and wasn't the Zeke of the past, but here's the biggest reason and the biggest concern for me. Zeke led all running backs in one category, one category alone, fumbles. Zeke had five lost fumbles rushing last year. He actually tied two other players, but those were quarterbacks. That's Lamar and Kyler. So he led all running backs in fumbles. I think the success of this team here is, is heavily predicated on what happens and what kind of Ezekiel Elliott do we get. Do we get a ground and pound, a guy that can hold on to the rock, a guy that gets those swing passes and, and really gets outside, uses his speed, and continues to turn over first downs. This is where this team can be incredibly impactful and go off and compete for a Nash or for a, a fantasy gods West championship. Another thing that I love about this team, I mentioned him earlier is Kyle Pitts. Now Kyle Pitts is a rookie and rookies are often unproven, but what we have to look at is Kyle Pitts is six, six coming out of the university of Florida where he had a hundred receptions and 1,492 receiving yards. He is the all time leader at the University of Florida for tight ends and reception yards. He was the Mackey Award winner, first team, unanimous, All-American. This guy is going to be something to be feared in, in the NFL. Um, he's a Darren Waller-esque and will have the ability to definitely nab those touchdown passes. I think the bigger question is, does he draw and take some of that away from Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage? That's what we're going to want to see. Where does he find pay dirt? If this, this individual finds pay dirt on the regular, you're looking at a team that could go off and ultimately compete for a Fantasy Gods West championship. The next team up in our rankings, 
We're going to give them a special little intro, something that actually dropped today. Take a moment and reflect. Last February, in this stadium, something special happened. Tonight is the encore. After a moment that Tampa Bay will never forget. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a second Super Bowl title. A championship that the world can never take away. The journey of this team isn't over. Tonight, we turn the page. We may be champions, but once again, we suit up as the unproven. We have new goals this year. It's going to be a different trip to get to the Super Bowl with fans in the stands. Last year's effort won't be enough. So we need something that we didn't have last time. With our crew at our back, our strength is unmatched. And down he goes, Kevin White. Fires over the middle, it's tackled and going deep. Catch me. Jones breaks it. Brady throws in zone. He's got Evan Gronkowski again. Hey, fellas, just a moment. Hey, we here. Let's not take this opportunity for granted. The camera's on tonight, man. Hey, what we going to do when the cameras come on? Go sign. So whoever you are, know this. There's no fight you can bring. There's no hell you can raise. That's greater than all that we've been through together. After all, every great story deserves a sequel. And ours begins right now. So it's a tad bit terrifying for anyone that is playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year or the likes of Tom Brady. Um, I will be the first to admit I've never been a big Brady fan, but it's undeniable what he's been able to do, what he's been able to accomplish, and the fact that people just want to play for him because the guy wins. I think that we saw that uh, there were a lot of questions last year. Was it the Brady leadership or was it the Bill Belichick coaching? That was answered last year. And the ability for Tom Brady to go off in a brand new environment with a brand new team and win an NFL championship in Raymond James Stadium, where they come back and play the first game of the year. I've got bucks by a million. Um, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting season to watch. And I think that when you look at the Mambas head, headlined by a player like that, you got to be amped. Um, I'm certainly not excited to face this team week one. Um, they have so much talent between Tom Brady and Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is a guy that you know has big play potential, 40-plus weeks, points scored. Um, and then you combine that with guys like Mike Evans, who, granted, has had his own issues, but he's a touchdown hog, and Tom Brady seems to find him. Uh, when you look at running backs, you have Jonathan Taylor, who's going to be a workhorse in Indianapolis. Those guys, the Colts, are going to rely heavily on him because Carson Wentz sucks. So that's definitely going to be a Jonathan Taylor show. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a, a guy who's a part of a high, powerful offense and is going to get his. The bigger thing is, do we see a healthy Saquon Barkley? I certainly help, hope so. Even though I hate that I'm playing him this week, I have him on a lot of teams. Um, the guy is such a power for the NFL. He's got an immense ability. I don't think he's 100%, um, but I do think that this guy has the ability to be just, just the face of the NFL 
and I hope that we do see him. Um, also, when looking at this roster, you've got a very interesting thing that might happen, which is the emergence of Trey Lance in San Francisco. Do we know what's going to happen? No, certainly not. But there is an expectation that in the first three to five weeks, Trey Lance will actually take over as the number one quarterback out in San Francisco. I think that that's what we're hedging on. But when you look at these quarterbacks that he currently has, I don't know if Trey Lance steps into a role above Tom Brady or Kyler Murray. So I think his quarterbacks are locked. The wide receivers are solid across the board, and the running backs are going to produce. So where are the gaping holes in this team? You let me know because this is a solid program that's going to compete for a Fantasy Gods West Championship in 2021. As we move on, we're going to move to now the number two team. That's right, the team that we believe is going to finish second in the rankings, and that is none other than the good guys. We had an opportunity to to catch up with one of the leaders of the good guys, a guy who's uh, taken on the field tonight just to get his thoughts and his feelings after coming off a traumatic injury something that was required multiple surgeries, a long road to rehab. And we had a chance to sit down and chat with Dak just about his emotions coming into tonight's game. Exciting. Um, exciting in a sense, it might be a little emotional. Um, obviously, I'm going to visualize that moment time and time again to make sure that it's not a too high or too low of a moment. Um, but thankful, thankful and full of just appreciation and gratitude from um, everybody around me, from the doctors to the training staff to my teammates, uh, to my family, to my friends, to the fans, to everyone that's uh, been a helping hand and helping me get through the adversity that I've been through in the past 11 months to get to that moment and to get to that moment feeling free, feeling confident, feeling like um, a better player and a better person than I've ever been before. So Dak seems like he's ready to go. If we've got the Dak of the first five games of this of the year, he was on pace to smash destroy any passing record and that season was brought to a, an immediate halt i hope that that's not something that we see and we see a, a resurgence of this player this year the crazy thing is that Dak is not the best um quarterback on this roster in fact what we have is the potential 2021 mvp in patrick mahomes this guy is talented beyond all measure leading a high power offense i think that there's a realistic shot that we see patrick mahomes in a third straight Super Bowl. He has talent around him. He's got the ability. He's got the coaching staff. They have all the pieces to the puzzle. From defense to tight end, running back to wide receiver, this is a team that is going to compete. Um, as a Raider fan, I don't love them being in our division because they're pretty much a shoe in to win the division, aside from maybe the Chargers, who have an incredible team this year. But that being said, Mahomes is going to be the leader of this offense. Where does that leave us with other players on this roster? Well, we, can, we definitely know that there is a solid wide receiver core for the good guys. Okay, Headlined, I would say, uh, as far as just who is the, the number one, probably Adam Thielen or Keenan Allen. Depends on who you like more. But realistically, these guys are just solid. They're not going to be the flashy, the Devontae Adams, the Tyreek Hills. But what they are going to do is produce. They're wide receiver ones that are going to get targets. They are going to score touchdowns. These guys are going to be solid week in and week out. And that's what you need when you have high-powered high quarterbacks, solid wide receivers, and then uh, running backs that are a bit more boom and bust between Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon. Now, obviously, I traded, sold uh, all of the, the world to get Aaron Jones. Um, I don't love 
what I did, but I also won a championship. And I think uh, Robert took a little bit out of that page by going off and drafting Aaron Jones and also coupling that with the best tight end in all of the football, which is the one and only Darren the Waller Baller. Darren Waller is uh, electric. Aside from Travis Kelsey, this is one of the best guys that's out there. He's really ha- seen a huge comeback career from where he was at uh, on the Ravens to given a second shot, battling through some of his drug addiction to ultimately be clean, sober, and, and leading the charge as a number one wide receiver, even though he's a tight end in Las Vegas. I love this team through and through. There's an incredible amount of opportunity, and we'll definitely be seeing this team in the playoffs, if not donning a jacket in 2021. And the final team, the last one, as we wrap up this podcast and our first initial show, is going to be the Rough Riders. Congratulations to the Rough Riders coming at number one in our poll. Listen, this team is stacked from top to bottom. It's hard to argue with what you see. A ranking right now, uh, obviously these numbers slide and adjust, but uh, you're looking at someone who is projected to go almost 200 points. Granted, I know, and thank you, Mike, for the uh, little tidbit there, but we have had some positional changes. It does not matter. The realistic part here is that this team is actually just loaded. Now, when we dive deeper into this team, the bigger question would probably be at quarterback, just given the fact that we've got Ryan Tannehill, who is more of a system QB. However, he has wide receiver options on options. He's got guys like A.J. Brown and Julio Jones to throw to. Um, the, the potential is there for this guy to be a top 10, top 5 quarterback this year. Matthew Stafford is actually in a new environment, throwing in L.A. Okay, So he's got an offensive-minded coach and a guy that's going to see that he is successful with the talent around him. Um, when you look at the wide receiver core, you've got a Calvin Ridley, who I strongly believe in based off of my draft last year, a guy that could be the number one overall wide receiver. Is it a bullish move? Absolutely. But I don't think it's outlandish to say this guy and Robert Woods and the connection hookup with Matthew Stafford could be some um, perennial powerhouse guys for the 2021 season. Couple that with the fact that we haven't even got to the best part of this roster. That's Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook, probably the best running back combo. And most would actually argue as the one, two running backs in all of the league. It's going to be tough to beat this team as these guys are fully stacked and loaded. Um, the mindset here is that they're going off to win a championship, and it's going to be tough whoever gets in their way. We've got a very interesting Week 2 lineup where we've got the Rough Riders, who's number one in the Fantasy Gods West Pole, and the number two team, the good guys, squaring off. Someone's got to win. Someone's got to lose. And we're excited to see what happens. Uh, that's it, guys. Thanks uh, so much for tuning in and for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, don't really care. Um, best of luck to everybody as the season kicks off tonight. If you don't have anyone playing, uh, good luck on Sunday. We'll be tuning in. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll be chatting on the fantasy group chat. Good luck to everyone. 2021 season. Let's go. We ready, 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 we ready,